Hello, honey, and welcome to the Healthy Emmy Podcast. I am your go-to nutritionist for plant-based weight loss and the creator of the eight-week Slim on Starch program. If you want to learn how to lose weight and keep it off on a plant-based diet, you've come to the right place. And the best part, it does not involve counting calories or restricting portions. This is the podcast version of my YouTube videos, so if you'd like to see the woman behind this voice, Proceed at your own caution and go to the show notes where you'll be directed to the Healthy Emmy YouTube channel. Otherwise, enjoy your commute, walk, workout, or whatever the heck it is that you're doing with just my voice on this podcast. Hello, my honeys. It's Emmy. Today, I'm sharing with you the story of my client, Jamie. Jamie came to me with already a great knowledge base about the starch-based diet. She was an athlete. She was a runner. She never had really struggled with her weight, but getting into her 40s found that the pounds started to creep on. Now, she came to me already having tried a starch-based diet. It wasn't working. She only had 10 pounds to lose and she had IBS. In between all these things, she felt like she had exhausted every effort. But I'll let Jamie tell the story here of how she was able to get the last 10 pounds off after not being successful on a starch-based diet and sharing her success with you. So let's get into it. And before we get into it, if you're interested in working with me, go to healthyemmy.org. Also make sure that you hit subscribe and turn on the notification bell because I upload a new video every Wednesday and Saturday. My name is Jamie. I am a mother. I am a wife to almost 17 years, um, a mother to a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old. Um, I work part-time as an epidemiologist. And um, I am a big runner and running has probably been something that I've been interested in for probably the past 12 or 13 years. Um, I've always been an athlete, even growing up. So after college, I played tennis for a while. And then after I had kids, I started running because it was just a a more efficient way of, of getting exercise and getting those endorphins in. So Jamie, growing up, because you were a runner and an athlete, what was your relationship with food and exercise like growing up? So I always had a good relationship with food and nutrition. Um, Growing up, I was actually a gymnast. So from age seven um, until 21, I competed in gymnastics at some level. Um, So I was always in tune with nutrition and I always knew it was very important. Um, I remember, um, even as a young, a young girl, um, I never liked hamburgers. It was just something I just never liked the taste of hamburgers. And, um, I remember getting a gymnastics magazine in the mail and they had an ask Mary Lou, you know, article at the end of every magazine. And someone had written in about red meat and she made a comment that red meat was not good for you. Um, you should try and limit it. And I immediately as a seven or eight year old took it to my parents and said, see, I don't have to have hamburgers. And after that, I never had a hamburger again and still haven't for the rest of my life. So, um, so nutrition has always been something I've never, I was never a big meat eater. I wasn't vegetarian until I was, um, probably about 30. I think it was around when my daughter was born is when I kind of shifted to being a vegetarian. Um, but I never was a big meat eater, but I, and I always liked fruits and vegetables. Um, so I always, always was conscious of what I was eating. Um, never, never restricting myself, but just conscious of trying to get in healthy, healthy fruits and vegetables, you know, trying not to eat processed foods, but 
you know, obviously that creeps in as a teenager and as a kid, you know, you, you eat chips and cookies and things like that. And then I remember we first, we first met about two months ago because you said, you know, it was this sort of situation all throughout your teens, twenties, thirties, but then the weight started to creep up and you are a fantastic runner. You're, you are very fast. You have a goal of breaking three hours in the marathon. So this must've felt a bit out of place for you. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I was, I was training for, um, the Boston marathon for 2020 and it was, it was probably, I think four or five weeks out when the pandemic really hit. Um, and they postponed it until September. And I had a goal of trying to break um, three, three hours and 30 minutes in the marathon. And I've been trying to work for that for about four years. Um, I had hit 335, 336, I think four times and never, you know, never, never anything kind of, you know, the weather or the training an injury, something would always come up. And, and I was, I was training and I was working really hard. And um, then I saw the press conference where they postponed it and the pandemic was starting. My kids were coming, you know, it was virtual school was starting. And when you're training, I had been training for probably, you know, 12 or 13 weeks at that point. And I kind of just kind of, you know, was not super excited, you know, obviously very bummed that it wasn't going to happen. And I was nervous September could be really warm in Boston. That's not how you want to run a marathon. So, you know, we kind of, we all kind of relaxed and especially where we live in the neighborhood, there's a lot of kids and we were outside a lot because there's nothing else you could do. So came, you know, the, the daily happy hours and the cul-de-sac and, um, you know, lots and lots of chips were eaten and more, more fun foods were eaten, uh, because we couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't do anything. And yeah, last summer was probably the first summer. I really did not feel a hundred percent confident in, in a bathing suit. And that's, we were at the pool all summer long because it was the only place we could go. And I didn't like that feeling. And, you know, I talked to my husband about it and we've always been very active people and just conscious of, of health and nutrition. Um, so he kind of said, well, you know, we're over 40. Um, this could be the new us, you know, carrying an extra couple pounds. It wasn't a lot. I mean, it was four or five pounds, but I'm only five, three. So four pounds on me is different than four pounds on my husband. Um, so I, and, and while I knew that it, it could be, I mean, it could just be that losing this weight wasn't going to happen. Um, and this was the new me, but I kind of didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to succumb to that. You know, I kind of wanted to, to see if, if, if I could still, you know, still, still stay as lean as I could and be able to train and, and hit the marathon goals that I had. And then you found the starch solution. Tell us what happened when, when you found the starch solution. So that summer, last summer, summer of 2020, I found the starch solution. I was like, this is amazing. This is exactly what I need because it's high starch. And as a runner, I kind of, I, I feel like I run better on carbs. I'm not someone, um, high fat, high, I, I, I never crave protein. I never, I never, I've never craved a, a, a chicken breast or a, a piece of meat or anything. Um, but I love carbs. So I thought this is perfect. Um, but I have been diagnosed with IBS and I do have a gluten intolerance. 
So that's also been something that I've struggled with that during flare ups, um, the, the bloating and the uncomfortableness has, has caused me to eat a lot more processed foods than I would like, because it's, it's the easier the digestion, the easier it was for me. So when I saw the starch solution, I thought, great, this is perfect. This is exactly what I need. It tore me up. I read the book front to cover. I tried it and it just, it did not, uh, it, it just, it wasn't exactly what I needed. The, the type, I think I wasn't in tune with the types of vegetables I could eat versus not eat. You know, they don't really, the book is great and it's a great starting point, but I needed more than that. And I tried it and it didn't work. And I was so bummed. I mean, I was miserable, um, bloated, just uncomfortable. It, you know, didn't lose any weight, um, which I only tried it for, I think like eight days. And I was just like, I can't do it. So I, you know, I was, I was very disappointed. I thought that was going to be what I needed and it wasn't. And I was, it, I was very disappointed. That is so disappointing because, you know, Dr. McDougall is so convincing and the way that he speaks, it just makes you want to dive in and you read the book and it makes sense. You see all these people having success and then you try it. And, you know, if you're a marathon runner, when you put your mind to something, you do it. So to yep. have that, to go all in and then to experience that, it's like, well, now what? So right. what do you do at that point? So then I looked at, you know, maybe I do need more protein. So I looked at macros and, you know, do I need, and I bought a macro book and I thought, okay, this is what I need. But then it didn't, it didn't specify exactly, you know, it's like, well, you need a range of the, you know, this much protein, you need a range of this. And it wasn't specific. And it was like, well, if you're a vegetarian, you can do this. And if you're vegan, you can do this. And I wasn't vegan, but I was like, but the vegan one had less protein. And I thought maybe then I could have more carbs. And I kind of played around with it. And again, like after a week, I didn't lose any weight. I felt awful. Um, I, I didn't like, I mean, I hated counting the macros, but I also didn't like the idea of, of, of having to, to supplement with the proteins. Like the, the woman that I was looking at, you know, she was having protein water, you know, paying $2 for this protein water. And I'm going, I don't want to do that. I would rather be more, I was trying to go more basic, not trying to buy $2 of some water that has, you know, magic protein in it that was supposed to help me. And it, it, it wasn't. So I, I tried macros. I tried calorie counting a little bit. Um, and it's just, it's tedious. And I mean, I, I love math as much as the next person. I was a math major. I have a master's in epidemiology. I mean, I love math. I love counting, but I don't want to count my food. I don't want to weigh my food. And it, it was so tedious. And especially with everyone being home over the summer, it was, you know, I didn't have the time for that and didn't really want to do it, but didn't have the time. And then it, when the kids get out, you know, my husband would get out a bag of baked chips and hummus and we would snack on that while we were making lunch for everybody. And that wasn't what we wanted, you know, that, I mean, you would think, oh, well, it's, it's baked chips and it's hummus, you know, it's, it's healthy, but I didn't it, either. I was going to eat it and not count it, or I was going to try and weigh it, which was just ridiculous. So counting, counting calories and counting macros just wasn't for me. And then you, you spend all of that energy doing all of the mathematics for it and you find the perfect, what's going to fit, what's not going to fit. And then you have to go on a 14 mile run, which you don't have energy for because the portions are so small. You've already used so much energy doing all the counting for it. It is exhausting everything about it. Yes, it was, it was exhausting and, and you would get hungry. 
I mean, there were times, I mean, as a runner, I mean, we call it runger in our house. Mommy gets hungry and, and I have to eat. And when I don't have the calorie, you know, when I look at it and say, well, I only have 200 calories left and I'm starving, then you're just miserable. Then you're grumpy. You're hungry and you're grumpy. So that's not a fun place to be either. What month are we in at this point? Uh, we're probably, let's see, probably like September at this point, September of 2020. Okay. So September, 2020, try the macros things exhausted. How long did this last for? Oh, again, like a week. Like I just couldn't do it. I mean, I, you can, ca- I mean, I could count for like three or four days and I'd be pretty good at it. I wasn't losing anything, but I could count it. But then after that, you just kind of, you either want something different or something that's difficult to count. Or if we went out some, you know, if we ordered in, you know, how are you supposed to, I mean, there was just no way to count those things. So again, everything was like between five days and eight days. And do you prepare, you prepare the food for pretty much everybody in your house too. So not mm-hmm. only do, you do all the mathematics for you, but you have to make sure this person's taken care of that person's taken care of. It's just too much. Yeah. Now what? So I ended up, so in, in September was the Boston 2020, they made it virtual. So I did run the Boston 2020, um, in, in, in Atlanta where I live. And, um, and actually it was one of my, my favorite experiences. My, my husband and my friend went crazy with decorations. I had cheering stations, like all 26 miles. I mean, it was incredible, but so that was a lot of fun. I kind of just focused on making that a fun day. And it was, um, and then again, it was like, okay, there's nothing on the horizon. What am I going to do? Um, we were getting ready to start a, a home renovation. Um, and I kind of just thought, okay, we're going to take the next couple months, continue to research what will work. And in January, you know, after the first of the year, I'm going to be, I'm going to have all the tools in hand and I'm going to know exactly what I need to do. And again, I came back to the start solution and I said, this is, I mean, this is the, this is the carbs that I need. It doesn't push meat. I've, you know, it doesn't push protein. It pushes fruits and vegetables and, um, and grain and, and starches. So this is this, I need to just recommit to this. And I, you know, read the book again, figured I was just going to start it in January, continue to do more research in December. Um, and that's, and I started finding other YouTube videos that looked at Start Solution. I was like, okay, okay. And I came across your YouTube video and I, and just everything you said was exactly what I needed to hear. You talked about systems and, and programs and, and, and honing in and figuring out what worked for you and all this kind of stuff. And the, the accountability and the, the one-on-one um, information just just really run true so I really tried January you know second third fourth whatever it was I tried to do the start solution again on my own and it didn't work again um and I that's when I said forget it like I'm tired of of buying stuff I'm tired of doing things this woman says it'll work she's got YouTube interviews of people that are 20 something all the way to 60 something and they're losing weight so this can work across, you know, multiple generations, but she, you know, everything you said in your, in your YouTube videos was exactly what I needed to hear. And I thought, this is, this is the plunge I need to take. This is, this is the start solution plus. 
So I love this because you had tried the starch solution and this SOS is a little bit different. There are some things that are a little bit different and we talk about hunger and fullness and you know, there's all these different things that make it a little bit different from the starch solution. Would you like to share some of the aha moments that you had through the Salon Starch program that really were game changers for you and have contributed to your success? Yes. So for me, um, I like the idea that you, you have to, you know, you log your food and that you, you take a picture and, and, and just write down what it is that you ate. You don't have to, you don't have to say portions. You don't have to measure anything. You just kind of, you know, write down what it is. So two things happened. One was one day I had a, my vegetable was broccoli and it tore my stomach apart. And it was right then that I noticed, oh, it's the broccoli. It's not all that, you know, I knew it wasn't all vegetables, but um, I was like, ah, oh. like immediately I had noticed. So I can have some broccoli, but broccoli can't be my only vegetable for the meal because I'm having, you know, decent sized meals. Broccoli can't be the only vegetable I have. So that was one, like in the first week I noticed that. And I was like, oh, um, I did read your um, uh, de-bloat uh, document with the yeah that was the first thing I read because I needed uh -huh. to so I noticed that so, so those were the the two big things and then just as you each week as you build something new into your your repertoire of, of SOS um, there were things that I would notice yes with the hunger and fullness scale you know oh you know this is this is typically how I feel after potatoes whereas this is how I feel after rice you know I have to be more careful I'm more likely to eat you know, overeat rice than I am, you know, potatoes. So I need to, you know, maybe start with a little bit smaller portion and see and, and kind of going through the hunger and fullness cues, like has really been a game changer, because I will notice. And the other thing is by just documenting what you're eating, there are times when I can feel myself like go towards the, the snack or grazer that I typically am, where I would, you know, my, my old self would have just gone and I, I used to snack on uh, things when I was cooking dinner because I was already hungry. You know, I could, I could eat dinner much earlier than my family could. So I would a lot of times snack while I was cooking dinner. And a lot of times I would snack on what you would consider health food. I mean, it was organic granola that I had bought at the farmer's market. You could read, understand every ingredient that was in there. I probably consumed 800 or 1,000 calories of this granola while I was cooking dinner. So just each week, something new would come into, you know, my system. You were so close before coming into the Slim on Starch program. You were so close. You just needed little tweaks here and there. And those tiny little tweaks had such a big impact. For example, documenting your food and having the structure and then being able to pluck out. I got bloated after this meal. What did I have? And then you can pull up your food log and look at your phone and see, oh, there's a picture of what I had. It was the broccoli. And so having that there, because you have a million things to take care of. You have kids, a husband, a job, all of this stuff to think about. And then that being there in a nice, clean little journal, it's so easy for you to pluck out. And then with the, you know, snacking before a dinner thing, because we have you do that exercise where you plan out, you know, what your schedule looks like, and then you change your meals to fit to your schedule. 
breaking the social constructs of being able, allowed to eat at a certain time and not even allowed, you know, you're 41 years old, you can eat whenever you want, but it's just, um, it's a social construct that we adhere to. And, you know, like you said, it's five o'clock. You don't eat at five o'clock. You wait until dinner at six o'clock and then you can eat. So I'm just going to snack, snack, snack now. So breaking that and making those tiny little tweaks because you were so close and now it's locked in. And I'm so happy that you didn't give up and you kept searching. And, you know, that's the runner in you. That's the athlete in you that keeps working towards something. But I'm so happy that you did take the plunge and come to SOS because you were so close. It just were tiny little tweaks that had to happen. Exactly. Is this it? Is this the new lifestyle for you? What do you see moving forward with this? Yes. I mean, this has, this has been, this is the game changer. This is the system. This was the program I was looking for. And now I have, I have figured it out. I have dialed it in. I have, I have dropped um, almost six pounds in the first seven weeks of the program, which for someone who was only looking um, to drop nine and nine was aggressive. I was, I was not, I already had a low BMI. I, you know, was already fit. This was not this was not, I was not trying to drop a lot of weight. And honestly, if I had dropped, you know, four, if I dropped five pounds, you know, that was, that's what I consider my, my, in my, in my head, my, my racing weight. And so to see a number on the scale that's below what I thought was the lowest I could go um, was surprising. You know, I was, yes, I'm almost 42. Um, who, who would think that they would be, you know, at this weight, you know, at, at this age. So this was, this was exactly, it was, it was what I needed. And that's what I was looking for. I just wanted a system that worked for me. And I like the food. Um, it's not, it's not a stretch for me. Um, you know, I, again, because I'm a runner, I, I don't have a problem eating potatoes. Um, I love oatmeal. I've always loved oatmeal, but I didn't eat it a lot of times because it was like, oh, well, you want to save your carbs for, you know, if you want a sandwich or if, if you want, you know, oh, well, we're going to do Chinese tonight. So, you know, if I'm already making rice tonight, I shouldn't have, you know, oatmeal and rice, you know, like I have, I mean, I love oatmeal. So I have no problem eating oatmeal every single morning. You know, I make it in the Instapot. Uh, I make a big batch of it every three days and I'll go through it and then I'll, you know, start another one. So for me, the, the food hasn't been a huge change. Um, if I don't have fruit, fruit, fresh vegetables, I'll, I'll go in the freezer and I'll pull, I always keep, you know, the steam, the frozen veggies that, you know, you can throw in the microwave and steam them and just throw that on top of some potatoes or some, some rice. And then I still, I, you know, we'll use a little bit of coconut aminos or, um, some seasonings, um, that, that I've, I've, I've purchased that most of them have no salt. And some, and a lot of times I will add a little salt to the top of my food. Um, Cause we noticed that I, I, I kind of needed a little bit of salt because I do sweat a lot um, running. So um, yeah, the food has been, has been great. Um, I've, I've started to, to try some of the other potatoes when I combine them and it's, it's, it's been an adventure. So you have kids, you have a husband, what, what does it look like with them and their food in comparison to what you're eating? So it's very different. Um, no one else is a, no one else is even a vegetarian in my house. Um, they're all meat eaters. Um, 
And so traditionally meals have, but meals have always been that way. Um, I was, I was a vegetarian. I think when I was pregnant with my daughter, I think meat just really made me nauseous. And so I don't think I ate any meat while I was pregnant with her. And then after she was born, I just wasn't craving it. And as I was, was nursing, I kind of didn't like the idea of milk and dairy. So I, I switched from, you know, my regular milk to, to almond milk. So, um, so I was already doing that. So at that point, my husband was a big meat eater. So it, by the time my daughter was born, our meals were very different and they've always been that way. Um, sometimes I would, you know, right now I can get away with, you know, making my meal and then adding a protein for them. Um, and sometimes I just make them a separate meal and then I just pull from the refrigerator, you know, potatoes or rice and vegetables and, and beans. And I'll just throw that. I'll just, I'll just throw my meal in the microwave for two minutes and I'm ready and I'll make them something different. Um, we did, I did make my husband watch game changers with me. And since that wasn't just a, a documentary about veganism, there was a lot of athletes involved and, and performance things involved he was intrigued. And so not that he's, you know, going to, you know, become vegetarian or anything, but he was intrigued. And, and we kind of with Lent, um, we've kind of converted, um, you know, Fridays from not just meat free, but trying to trying for the family to try and, and make some, make some changes. And maybe one day a week, we can continue where the family pushes towards a, a no meat, no dairy day. And, and see how that moves forward. So it sounds like, you know, you're really doing your thing in uh, comparison to the rest of the family. How much time would you say you invest each week so that you can be set for the week on top of what you're doing for your kids and your husband? So typically I take a couple days and I don't have a set schedule. It's, it's kind of like if I'm, because we're all home all the time. That, like I said, I make, I'll make a big pot of oatmeal every three days. And sometimes my children will eat the oatmeal and sometimes they won't. So sometimes I may make it, you know, th may make oatmeal three times a week. And sometimes I'll make it, you know, twice a week, um, depending if they're eating it. And that's not a big deal. Sometimes I'll just make it right before I leave for a run or right after I get back and I'll, you know, go upstairs and shower and then come down and it's ready. Um, as far as the, you know, potatoes go is, yeah, sometimes I'll just, if I'm making potatoes for, for me or the family, sometimes I'll just double or triple the batch and make it and store it in the, in the refrigerator. The same with rice. A lot of times if we're, you know, if we're having rice for dinner, I'll just quadruple the amount of rice that we want. And then I'll just throw it in, um, vegetables. I'll, I usually don't pre-chop a lot. I'll buy, you know, some, some, you know, baby carrots and things like that. Um, but a lot of times while I'm heating something up in the microwave or reheating potatoes or something, I'll just chop up some vegetables. Or like I said, I keep a lot of frozen vegetables in the freezer and I'll just whip out, you know, a stir fry or a, you know, some sort of veggie sampler pack, throw it in the microwave while I'm, you know, cutting something up or, or doing something. So every couple of days, I'm always, you know, have the oven on with potatoes in there or the air fryer or the Instapot, you know, just kind of at, at odd times, you know, just kind of in between, you know, finishing up lunch, cleaning up, I'll throw potatoes in the Instapot and then walk away. So usually it's the, the, the food prep has been, is, is, is very easy for me. I don't mind being in the kitchen. I like being in the kitchen. 
So I don't have a problem with, with throwing a couple things. So for me, I just, I just batch a couple days a week of whatever I'm feeling that day or whatever I have on hand and then just throw it in the microwave or throw it in the refrigerator. And then when I'm ready for it, I'll just heat it up in the microwave and it'll take five minutes for me to make a meal. I know that a concern for some people that are in a groove that you're in, it's a groove similar to what I'm in. I, you know, my significant other eats totally differently from, from me. The concern is, well, then, you know, with my grocery budget, that's a whole other, if everybody's eating this way and then I eat this way, that's a whole nother thing on top of that. And I always say, you know, potatoes are like 79 cents a pound. I mean, this oats and rice, it's all so inexpensive, but what does that look like for you? Because as a mom with a family, you know, everybody has their budget and you got to meet the budget. So how do you work that out? Have you felt, have you found something similar to what I found? Yeah. I mean, I, um, I did a lot of smoothies after runs and I mean, protein powder is expensive. So when you compare, when you're taking away the protein powder and you're adding in oats and I'll just buy the biggest oats that I can find in the grocery store, you know, I pay like $3 maybe for a huge thing of oats and compared to, you know, $14 for, you know, protein powder, um, you know, it's, it's a no brainer. I mean, I'm definitely eating much simpler. There's not, I'm not buying fancy sauces. I'm not, you know, I'm not constructing, um, these crazy recipes. I mean, it's potatoes, vegetables, beans, you know, and a little bit of coconut aminos or, or hot sauce or something like that. It's, I mean, my meals are, are dirt cheap. Um, you know, sometimes I'll throw in some tofu, you know, if I'm crazy, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, and, and even if you buy the canned beans, you know, even if you buy canned beans compared to, to buying them in bulk and doing them at home, I mean, it's still, you can get, you can get organic black beans for 99 cents a can. I mean, you can't, you can't beat that. I mean, even chicken on sale is going to be, you know, a dollar 99. Um, so for us, it, it has, I mean, we had always bought potatoes and rice. So yeah. Now we're buying them in bulk but we're not, we're not having to, we're not having to, to increase our, our grocery bill. It's definitely decreased. Yeah. And, you know, in comparison to when you're doing the whole macros thing, I know a lot of people like to buy the little uh, single size portions of things because it has all the macros and the calories are listed and it's so much waste and it's way more expensive when you buy those single serve things or people will buy the special protein cookies and all that crazy stuff. It's so expensive for this stuff. And this is way, way cheaper. So thank you for saying that. Uh, Cause I have found the same thing. Yeah, we've, we've, it is just, and it's just been so nice to just to go back to a, a simpler eating of not having to buy protein cookies. I mean, if you just even look at the ingredients in there, I mean, I was already before, before SOS, I was already looking to, to pair back, you know, not, not having protein powders every day and not having some of these, even the, the goos and things that you, you use for running, you know, I was kind of, thinking, you know, what are better ways? I knew, you know, I probably can't go to like a date kind of situation because of my stomach, like that's not going to work in a marathon, but I've moved to like Swedish fish, you know, which is tastes much better than, you know, one of those gels or goos or something. Um, and, and just popping a couple of those and they taste much better. 
And, and, you know, we buy, I buy a huge bag. Um, my family steals them, but I buy a huge <laughs> bag for $5 and it would last, I mean, it could last me like a year probably. Whereas each goo was like two or $3 and, and, and doesn't taste as well. So I was already trying to, to move towards a, a more simpler way of eating before SOS. And this just kind of just gave me the push that I needed. And do you have any races that you're training for at the moment? So I, I don't, well, I don't technically, um, I did, um, because of my marathon time from Boston of 2019, I was able to, um, get into the Chicago marathon with a guaranteed entry. Um, so I do have that on my plate for October. So I do have that kind of lurking, but that's one thing I said in January was, I've always used the excuse that I was running. And so I had to, you know, oh, well, I have to have another serving of this because I'm running tomorrow. And in January, I said, no, nutrition will be the number one focus. And I still, I mean, I still run, I run five days a week and I still, I still kept up with what I was doing, but I wasn't going to be concerned that if I didn't, if I didn't hit my speed workout or I didn't hit my long run, or I felt sluggish, I was going to be okay. Because right now it was about working the the nutrition back in and figuring out what I needed. And then after I hit my goals, I could kind of move on to more maintenance and up some of these, these calories and some of these foods and bring in some of the later foods and that would continue to help. But I, I haven't noticed much of a, much of a difference and, and seem to be back on track and still, and still losing weight. Spoken like a true athlete, you took a little time to step back from, you know, the, the off season, so to speak, even though you're still, you're still working out, but to take a step back, focus on nutrition. And then once you got that all set, then you can dive back into training for something and playing the long game so that you can figure out the nutrition now, and then it can carry you throughout the rest of your life. Otherwise it's trying to keep your head above water. Thanks for listening, honey. Come say hi at Healthy Emmy on Instagram and join our private Facebook group, The Healthy Honeys, where you can get started losing weight on a plant-based lifestyle. I'll see you in there and everything is linked in the show notes. Mwah!